Hey, you're listening to the Time and Talks podcast. I'm your host, Dejal V. Patel, and this is the place where we have refreshingly real talks about the biggest problems moms face in motherhood and life and the spiritual solutions to solve them. If you're ready to reset your mindset with some major truth bombs, well then, let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm so happy you're here. Today, we're talking about a topic that we all think about. You know what it is? Money, 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 money. Yes, money. We want more. We don't have enough. We have funky relationships with money. Guys, I know this firsthand. I have a very wonky relationship with money that I've been working on for a really long time, especially when you become an entrepreneur. You're really head on and faced with your money mindset, where you feel lack, what are your limiting beliefs? And growing up in a home with money poverty mindset, you absorb that. That becomes your story. So whether you're someone who has tons of abundance or whether you're someone who's struggling to feel worthy to get more, to ask for more, to ask for that raise or to ask more for a client, whatever it may be, there's a lot that goes into money mindset. And money, like all things, is a spiritual journey. Many of us struggle with money blocks, these negative subconscious beliefs about money that limit you from achieving your conscious desires. We have a fear of losing money that will be taken advantage of, that we don't have enough of it. We can't afford this. I can go on and on and on. And it's the stories are endless. And Many of us don't realize that this is something that we need to heal. This is something we need to work on. Many times it's a generational pattern that needs to be broken. So in this episode, I am so, so, so honored to talk to my dear friend, my mentor, and a money mindset coach. She is a certified transformation and success coach. My dear friend, Michelle Dunk, is going to talk to us about the spiritual perspective of money how to change our mindset and beliefs around money, and how to overcome the generational trauma we have around money. Michelle believes money is a spiritual tool from the divine and abundantly available to all of us. So as you know, in this podcast, we dive deep into perspectives into spiritual outlooks on certain things. And maybe you haven't looked at money in a spiritual lens, and that's what we're gonna do today. Michelle is really, really passionate about helping women, especially women entrepreneurs, shift their relationship around money and raise their self-worth so they can raise their net worth. Michelle Dunk is a visionary entrepreneur, a motivational speaker, a number one best-selling author, a philanthropist, and like I said, a certified transformation and success coach. She is the the president and founder of a mentoring and scholarship program called In Between Girls, the CEO of Visionary Mentoring Group, which has the mission to help women bring personal and their professional visions to life. Michelle is my dear friend, and she is the one I go to anytime I'm having money blocks. And so I'm so excited for you to hear her spiritual wisdom, and I know you're going to love her as much as I do. So without further ado, let's press the reset on our money blocks and really transform Form our money mindset. I'm so excited that you're here, Michelle, talking about a topic that I know so many of us women are either worried about or we have a complicated relationship with, and we're talking all about money, but more from a spiritual viewpoint. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my goodness. Thanks for having me. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation with you and your audience because 
I know you are really focused on mothers particularly, and you hit the nail on the head when you said the relationship, because you will be amazed how your relationship with your partner, your children, your parents, your friends, all trickle into your relationship with money. For sure. And I I can attest to this. Like I've always had a very complicated relationship with money and Michelle is my personal friend. So I always like ask her, you know, for her viewpoint and her opinion on it. So I'm really value what you have to say about money. But I think a lot of women, especially who are entrepreneurs, part of the spiritual journey of evolving into uh, your life purpose is this honing of a relationship with money. And it's unique for each one of us, but I, without fail, every woman that I've talked to, they have some sort of uh, block or some sort of limiting belief or some sort of pattern that stems from their childhood. And so I know that's the case with you. You aren't always this um, money manifesting um, teacher and you had your own relationship with money as you were growing up. And I'd love for you to share where you've been and how you've gotten here. Mm. So yeah, that's so true. I And I did not, there was never in my wildest dreams, even when I started my coaching company, did I think that I would be teaching women about money. But since it is a spiritual tool, and that's what I believe it, I honestly think that it was part of my calling and my purpose to, because at the end of every conversation I ever had with a woman who I was helping build her business or heal her anxiety or um, do anything in her life to better herself, some type of transformation. At the end of our sessions, she would always say, but I don't have the funds to start this, or I don't know how to call this in, or I give everything to everyone else. There's nothing left for me. And I started to see a pattern of the fact that women in particular do not feel worthy of having abundance at all. Um, before I dive in there, I'll give you some background to my story as you um, kind of hint it to. I didn't grow up in a um, an environment or a family where we spoke about money. In fact, it was very, very obvious that talking about money was rude or inappropriate. And, um, and it just seemed like a dirty word. I never knew if we were rich or poor, except for what I inherently observed. And I observed a lot of um, struggle with money. There were times where I would watch my mom in the kitchen. And um, do you remember the Discover card? Like mm -hmm. through Sears or something. Yes. And it paid at the, at, you had to pay it at the end of the month. And I can remember her telling me, we don't have money until the 30th. And it was always like, we didn't have it until here. And we didn't have it until here. But I watched my dad who, um, who did not go into his family's business. So he had um, a, a couple of brothers who started a business together and they became multimillionaires. And possibly even more than that. I don't know, but I, I know they did really exceptionally well. And my father didn't go into the family business. So when I would drive to my uncle's house, we would drive in our station wagon that literally had holes in the floor. We could see the road as we were driving like Fred Flintstone. And we would get into the gated communities that they lived in. Um, I always say Patty LaBelle lived next door to my one uncle and they had movie theater rooms and music room with marble tiles way before that was like a thing, right? This is mm -hmm. in the eighties in the early eighties. 
and elevators in the home and people that were walking around and serving us appetizers. And I thought, oh my gosh, like these are people I know this is like available to me. But then I'd get into the car and we would close the door and my dad would say to my sisters and I, aren't we lucky? People with money are so out of touch with reality. Mm-hmm. They are so different. They're not, you know, and he would say these things to bless us, like make us not feel bad about our circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it was told to me that having money was wrong, that having money was, you know, separating you from the rest of the world. Maybe it was greedy. Maybe it was bad. Maybe it was out of touch. Whatever it was, I inherently discovered a relationship with money that said if I had too much, that I would disappoint my father. Mm-hmm. And that became my, my, I would say roller coaster ride because I found success in business very quickly before I became a coach in corporate world. And every time I hit a certain level, I would do something to sabotage myself back down because I wanted to stay in a safe zone. So we all, women, men, everyone in general, has this container, whether they realize it or not. My coach, my money coach, Amanda Francis, would say it was an energetic minimum and maximum. Mm-hmm. And you don't realize it's like a money glass ceiling that every time you hit it or go above it, you'll feel unsafe right away. And we'll talk about safety with money, um, particularly with women through this conversation, I'm sure. But you'll find yourself with the car breaking down or a vacation that you suddenly plan or you go on a big shopping spree. You'll do something to bring yourself back down where you are safe, you are comfortable, and you inherently believe this is where you need to stay. Yeah. That is so, I think, relatable to a lot of us as far as that glass ceiling of not having enough or, you know, the stories that generational patterns that we hear from our parents that they potentially have heard from their parents. Um, So I can relate to that so much. And I think getting clear about what that message is gets you on the path of then like how you help your clients unhook from that language. And that's something that I learned from you. Like for me, it was all about money, poverty mindset. And so my parents both, and I think a lot of listeners who are South Asian can relate to this. We are first generation immigrants. So our parents came with literally with nothing. And they, you know, we all hear that story. Oh, we had $7 in our pockets. And you know, that story is ingrained in us. And it's like, you never have enough. It's not enough. Like, and many of our parents have become successful. And I noticed that my parents still, mm-hmm. even all the success that they have, they are financially stable. They still operate from a money poverty mindset. Yes. And I realized that I have encompassed that. It's always that it's not enough. I can't afford this. And I'm like, I stop myself. I'm like, actually, I can't afford it. It's just mm-hmm. that I just choose not to invest my money there. It's a rewiring that needs to happen. So the first thing when it comes to like building that self-worth first, like you mentioned, like understanding what, what our story is or how we've grown up and what we saw and what's that, that limiting belief that we have. But in considering that money being energy, like, Mm -hmm. you know, anything else, like thoughts, emotions, money being an energy frequency, how do we start shifting that relationship with looking at money 
as something different than I have enough or I don't have enough. Oh, yeah. So first of all, what you said was so true. And most people do not know that. So it's it's worth repeating. Money is energy. And it doesn't have um, inherently a negative or positive charge. It's what you bring to it, mm-hmm. your thoughts, your beliefs about it. Money is neutral. So if you believe there's not enough or you believe that money is bad or you believe that it's untrustworthy, that's exactly how it shows up for you. Mm-hmm. You believe money is a spiritual tool whose job is to support you in living your best lives and your God-given desires. That's how it shows up for you. But most of us don't know this. So what we do is exactly what you said. We look around at our parents and um, other people that we observed as children, and we download that as our own beliefs. So it's not available. We have to work really, really hard for it. Don't spend it, save it, right? And so we don't even know why we carry a lot of these beliefs until we really stop to understand our relationship with it. And that's really what I do, help dissect that. But one thing I want you to understand about the energy of money is that money is what I believe anyway, is that money is a spiritual tool. So meaning it comes from source, Mm -hmm. source energy, and that means it's feminine energy. And for your listeners that don't understand the difference between feminine and masculine energy, it's not male and female. It's feminine as in divine Mm -hmm. or masculine as in human. So most people believe that in order to receive money, they have to do masculine action. They have to work harder. They have to prove themselves. They have to sacrifice. They have to do it at a cost of their mental, physical, emotional health, their hours, their time. They're, you know, not with their families. They're drained. They're, you know, sick and and tired, all the things. And what I want you to understand that if money is feminine energy, meaning from source, then your job is to align with it, to receive it in a way that's working with that higher power, what I call God, whatever you want to call it. It's alignment, not action. You'll be called to act, as you know, this is part of your human experience. But most of the people I'm aware of that come to me with money issues are trying, they don't think they worked hard enough yet. They haven't got enough degrees. They haven't had enough Mm -hmm. um, sacrifice. They haven't done enough and got enough applause yet to receive. And what I want your listeners to really lean into today is that you cannot do enough masculine energy to mess up your ability to receive a feminine energy. Mm. However, so, so, Let me repeat this again, maybe in a way that they can hear better. Yeah. Your belief that you must work harder or do something or you made too many mistakes or you haven't done enough yet is not stopping you from receiving your birthright of abundance of this divine energy that's here to support you. However, your thoughts, beliefs, feelings about it, which is feminine, that's what's stopping you from receiving it. Mm. What I do is teach you to think differently about money, believe differently about money. It is not about any actions you did or didn't do or mistakes that you made as a human being. That's part of your human experience. That's never going to stop, right? We're not perfect beings. We're human beings. We're not human doings. We're beings. But what we can change is our ability to think 
believe, feel differently about our God-given worth and value and what we bring to the table and how we allow ourselves to receive differently. And once you do that, it changes everything. Oh, yes. So powerful. And I want, I love your way of explaining the masculine and the feminine energy. And one way that I kind of helped me process this in my own mind that might help the listeners too, is that think about it this way, right? Like you, you look at certain men who are like CEOs and they might not, they give a lot of money, but they might not be coming from a pure heart centered space. Like they are cheating people. They're, you know, doing things that might not potentially be, I don't want to say good or bad, but it's just like not aligned choices that are are um, sustaining and nurturing to everyone. They might be making choices that are self-aligned. And you're like, how do they have a lot of money? And then there's certain women who are like wanting to do like serve others, help others, you know, be fulfill their dharma and their life purpose and really be of service. And they're struggling. They're like, I can't get people to commit or to, to sign up for my coaching or my courses or whatever. And you're like, I'm trying to do good. I'm coming from a heart centered space. Why is it not happening? And it comes from the superior ego versus an inferior ego. And so for a lot of us women, and like you said, I don't want to limit it to just to women, but a lot of people who are listening are women, is that we come from the constraint of having to build our self-worth. Like our spiritual journey stems from self-worth. And I know you say that a lot, like your self-worth is directly related to your net worth. Mm -hmm. And being on a spiritual journey, the same connecting link hearing so many women's story is that the foundation is starting from your self-worth and that trickles into every area of your life. Like we talked in the beginning about relationships. It's like whether it's your spouse or your children or your parents or money, it's like it it all roots from your relationship with self-worth. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit more because you talked you mentioned safety, right? And self-worth and safety kind of go together mm-hmm. of how how that kind of manifests when you say your self-worth is related to your net worth. What do you mean by that? So first of all, I want to piggyback on what you just said with this mass, this the heart served heart centered serving women that are like, I can't get, I can't get enough um, sales or clients or contracts or uh, money. It has nothing to do with the action they're taking or not taking. It has everything to do with the belief. We are bred to believe, especially as women, that when we're doing something that we love, that it's not worthy of money because it comes so easy and naturally to us. Because again, society teaches you it has to be hard work in order to be worth money. And so again, it's a shift of belief and mindset because in my mind, those women should be being paid the most. And if we look at um, the way society is set up, if you believe that hard work is the only way to receive money, look around. The hardest working people on the planet are making minimum wage. They are not getting paid the most. So that belief should be thrown out the window right away. We all have the equal ability to align with wealth because there's more than enough for all of us. There are trillions and trillions of dollars circulating the universe as we speak. And it has everything to do with our alignment, our frequency, our energy, our thoughts, our feelings and beliefs about it. 
not whether we are doing enough. Okay. So I want that to be clear first. But then you said something about safety and self-worth. And this is something that I teach at a really I love when clients come to me and they think they're going to learn about money and they walk away and they're like, I'm more spiritually aligned than I ever have been in my life. Because that's what this really gets down to. And spirituality is going to mean different things to everyone. What we mean by this really is having a sense of purpose and really being an aligned to that purpose, meaning being vibrationally married and matched to the everything that you're doing and how you're feeling and moving in life, right? So most people look at money as safety and security. I'm looking and I'm searching for the safety, the security, this thing that's going to make me finally feel like I'm okay. And you will chase that for the rest of your life. If you don't understand that your safety and security is you, right? The part of you that is God, the part of you that is universal intelligence, whatever it is that you want to consider it, that you are born safe and secure because you are God's child or the universe's uh, perfect idea, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to always be chasing it. When you find your own safety and security in who you are and why you're here, money will chase you down because it's attracted to that. It's the same frequency again. So what I believe, what I call God, and again, you can insert any belief that you have here. What I call God is the person or the the being that chose me to be here, which means that I was born worthy. He, he looks at me as this perfect idea that he wonderfully, beautifully made. Mm-hmm. And that can't change. That can't change. We are all worthy because we're born worthy. We were here on purpose. And we can go into the statistics of how hard it was to be chosen to begin. Right, right? Right. But if you just understand that, what I want you to hear though, is you as a human, your perception of yourself, that can change. So you can live your entire life not feeling worthy, not feeling good enough, not feeling like you deserve the money or you're valuable. And that free will will, ne- you know, the universe, God will never override it. So although you are born worthy and the wealth is available to you and the joy and the bliss is available to you, your own ego and free will will override that until you get in alignment. And I always suggest to my clients, you might as well see yourself the way God and the universe sees you. Mm-hmm. The moment you believe that you are this perfect idea in the universe's mind and that you are here safe and secure and have reason and have purpose and are be- have a beautiful life ahead of you, mm-hmm. then you will attract in all of those desires that were given to you by God and the universe to begin with. Right. Right. That's true. Like how Marie Forleo says, like we all have gifts and a purpose and a mission that why we're here. And when it feels good, that's why we're here. So, you know, it wasn't meant to be that struggle and hard. We are, we have different gifts that we really did come here to express in our unique way. And when we're doing that, that's why we were born. And so, of course, when we're in that frequency, all the things that who we're meant to serve and when we're being a vessel of being that authentic truth, the things that need that need to circulate to help support us, that's the nature of how that, that circular energy is supposed to move. And 
Um, who are we to stop it? <laughs> and I would say, I just want to add this in um, because it's so important with your audience being mostly women. I want you to understand when we talk about safety and security that um, you had touched a little bit on generational beliefs, generational trauma. For centuries, for centuries, women were not safe to have money. Um, and this is something that I've been diving into a lot lately. Dr. Valerie, that we saw speak at um, uh, Rock the Rock Your Voice. Rock your vo- yes, he wrote a book, a phenomenal book about this. And if any of your listeners are interested in learning more, I it I've she's blown my mind with it. But for centuries, women weren't safe to have money. Right? We were free labor in the homes. I, it was a hot second ago that we were able to even get a. a a business loan without a male cosigner, a bank account without a male cosigner. I mean, women, that was in the 1980s that we weren't able to start our own businesses or have our own money. So if you go back centuries ago, it was actually something that they were burned at the stake for. Like the, it was absolutely unsafe to have money as a woman. And we have carried that in for generational for generations. So we're really the first generation that is breaking out of the mold to believe that it is not only safe, but it is our birthright. And that comes with some work, some actual work that we have to create new generational beliefs and change. Um, And so a lot of women don't feel safe and they don't know why. So this is part of the reason why your mother and your grandmother and your great grandmother, it was not available to them. It wasn't just not available. It didn't feel safe. There was, there was consequence for them having it. Um, So we believe that our worth comes from overworking in the home, giving to everyone else, doing things for free. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely in your cells, in your mind, in your blueprints, that your worth comes from work and doing it for free. And this is the part that we're unraveling. It is not truth. It's not God's truth. It's not universe's truth. It is just something that we as women have generationally inherited. And now we're here to break those curses. So our children and our grandchildren, our great grandchildren will never feel that way. It's getting aligned with your safety and security does not come from your work or what you give away for free or how much you sacrifice, but actually the fact that you're worthy because you are. You're God's child. Yes. Yes. It's not, you're not worthy of what you do or what you, what you accomplish. Even if you are doing what your life's work is, you're, that's not where your worth is. Like you just said so beautifully. And you know, you just gave me an epiphany when you talked about that generational patterning. So I'm watching this show called rain. Have you ever heard of that show rain? So it's, it's, a lot. It's based off of um, Mary, uh, Queen of Scots. It's like one of those kind of like, you know, shows. And she is like a, a queen. And, you know, they show like her, like the life of living in French court. And when you just talked about like, it wasn't safe to have money, they really highlight in that show different reigns of like women and like their different statuses, like if you were a lady, or if you're a peasant, or if you're a queen, and they do talk a lot about it. And it just reminded me that back then, your worth as a woman is what your father had that he could give provide for your dowry. And if 
they didn't have money, then your worth and your total, you were property, you were chattel to be kind of played as pawn. You're married to someone because it would elevate your family status. Um, if you're a peasant, you were like, you're talking about hardworking, like you are like doing the grunt work, like you're not seen, you're, you're doing this for like menial, like trying, like that poverty mindset of just trying to like get food for yourself or your family. And so this is hardwired. And whether we realize it or not, it's encoded within us of whatever we saw in our past lives or our family and our ancestors, wherever we were in that. And I believe that we all had experiences of every single right. We had the experience of the royalty, the middle and the poverty. And that all uh, subconsciously is within our soul's um, memory bank. And so that just like kind of hit me. I was like, yes, we were chattel. We were property. And then we became our husband's property based mm -hmm. on what can we provide children, right? Mm -hmm. Like the whole, like our worth is if we can uh, provide <laughs> heirs. So it's really, it's really fascinating when you look at that because we never really even had money for ourselves. Like you said, like up until the, the 70s and 80s, that's when things started shifting. When we think about in, like investing or even just being able to spend, what I've noticed in women, especially just like in my, uh, in my own practice, in my own business, women are so ready. Like they're like so ready. I, I want to be better myself. I want to invest in myself. I want to heal myself. And then when it comes to the money, it's like, I can't afford this. Or it's like all these, like the, the beliefs against them. Like I can't invest in myself. Like it's like the fear comes in. Like I've noticed there's like this juxtaposition that happens. Like, yes, I'm so, so excited. I want to deep dive deeper into becoming a better version, but I can't invest in it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you've probably seen that um, as well. And how do we help uh, women and ourselves like break that pattern of not being able to invest in our own healing and growth and um, sustainability of like our, our soul's growth. Yeah. That makes sense. Well, first I want them to understand something. Um, again, talk about generational beliefs. What I, what I watched as a child is that once you become a mother, you give up everything that you desire and you give everything to your children. I had a mother that if she found a penny on the street, she would put it in my piggy bank. She went without. And I looked at, I, what I need the listeners to hear there is I observe that as that's what love is. When I become a mother, I have to give up my identity. I have to give up my dreams. I have to give up finances, right? I have to give it all up or my children won't feel loved. And I believe a lot of women witness that. And here I am saying to you, if there is enough money and abundance for everyone, and there's enough ideas and opportunities and dreams for everyone, because this is an infinite universe, then that's a lie. That's a lie. And so we have to stop modeling to our children that they that we as adults or we as mothers have to go without and show them, though, actually... We should invest in our dreams, in our ideas, in our education, in our personal growth, so that our children won't stop ever doing it because they're watching. 
So I'm going to give you a metaphor because the way the brain works, so the brain works in, as you know, but it, for anyone that doesn't know, is that there's a the frontal lobe part that has all the dreams and ideas, right? The and then there's the part in the center that has the emotions and the feelings. That's what locks it in. And that's what helps you get to the subconscious mind that makes it just natural, something that you do without thinking, a no-brainer, right? But most people don't ever make it there. It stays there as a dream and idea because they don't attach. They don't, they're not emotionally intelligent, meaning they don't follow their actual natural guidance. They follow what they've been coded. Mm -hmm. I watched and saw my mom sacrifice everything. I can't invest in myself because that's not what good moms do. Good mothers go without. Good mothers aren't safe with money. Good mothers give their money away. Yes. Good mothers give their ideas and their dreams away. That's for other people. So it just stays here in the front of your brain as an idea. So if we can start using the emotional part of our brain to make it, to rewire and to recode it, not just for us, but for our children or anyone that's watching, we will become so much more emotionally intelligent. And I say this all the time in the girls that I do um, teach about um, money in the relationship. People don't understand in order to be rich, you have to be emotionally intelligent. Mm. They go hand in hand. And so I'm going to give, so I believe, again, the pictures, the part of you that has an emotional reaction um, is what creates this to stick, makes this idea stick. So I heard this um, recently, this analogy, and I think it's brilliant. So bear with me for your listeners. I, I promise you it'll make sense. But a li little flea, a flea can jump, I think it's like a hundred times its, its size, right? It can jump three feet. Wow. And to put that in perspective, that's like you and I jumping higher than a skyscraper. Wow. Right? Yeah. You know, when we jump, it, it, if you're really talented, it's like a foot or more right. than that. It's not much, right? But imagine us jumping as high as a, a tall building. That's what a flea does. That's its gift. That's how it's been coded. That's the way that God designed it. But if you put a flea in a jar and put a lid on it, it will innately try to jump three feet and it'll hit that lid. Mm -hmm. And it'll hit that lid so many times that it will tell itself that it's not capable of jumping more than that lid, right? right. What does it do? It stops right before the lid. It doesn't want to be in pain anymore. It doesn't want to be disappointed in its belief that they can't, it can't see it. It can't get around it. Mm -hmm. So it'll stop. And if we add a second flea in that jar, that flea will innately know I can jump three feet. Mm -hmm. so we will jump three feet and it'll hit the lid. And very quickly, it'll notice the other flea doesn't jump higher than right below that lid. Mm -hmm. So it will be coded very quickly to do the same. Yeah. And what's important for your mothers to hear here is if those two babies have a baby or if those two fleas have a baby in the jar, that baby will never even attempt to jump three feet. It will go through its life. It will be coded. It will be programmed to believe its capability is only to right below that top of that lid. So when we are not investing in ourselves, we are coding and programming our children to believe that life ends when you become a mother, that learning ends when you become a mother, that personal growth is only for lucky people. It's only for really wealthy people. It's only for X, Y, and Z. Insert your own belief in coding there. And you actually are doing not just yourself a disservice, but your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. 
So when you start to believe in infinite universe, in infinite abundance, in infinite growth, in infinite personal growth over your lifetime, you're not just changing your life, but your children's lives. And the fear is there. I get it because you're doing the work. You're the flea that's taking off the jar. Yeah. The lid, right? Yeah. Yes. It's work, but it's worth it. It's worth it. And if you think about the residual effects and how it'll ripple out to everyone around you, it's it's brave. But my goodness, you are change again. Talk about generational change. Yes. Oh, that I love. I love analogies. I feel like that's the best way that I learn. I loved that. Thank you so much for sharing that, Michelle. And I know that you um, mentioned quite a few times frequency. And I do talk about this. So anybody who's listening to the podcast is not, uh, they're familiar with, you know, frequency manifestation. It's probably like one of like the top downloaded episode was about manifestation. So I wanted to um, just ask you a little quickly, like, when we talk about like raising our frequency or being able to manifest um, money, could you leave us with um, certain suggestions that how do we start to do that? Sure. So first of all, what I love about manifestation is you're all manifesting. You're either manifesting what you want or you're manifesting what you don't want. You're either manifesting intentionally or you're manifesting by default. The work I do is teaching women how to manifest deliberately what they actually desire. So you are already a manifester. There's nothing that Dejal and I can teach you that you aren't doing. It's just that are you going to do it in a way that will benefit you, that'll bring your dreams to life, that'll call in abundance. Um, so what? how you do that is the way that I look at it is um, Abraham Hicks talks about well-being is always flowing to you. Mm-hmm. It's your God-given birthright for well-being to be flowing to you, but you are either allowing it in or pinching it off, right? It's mm-hmm. the same thing with money. You're either leaning back and divinely aligned to what is your birthright or you are pinching it off with beliefs that I don't deserve it. I haven't worked hard enough for it. Who am I to have that? I made mistakes in my past, all of the feminine beliefs about it. So the way to start to align with it is to really take notice of how you're thinking and believing. So when I talk about alignment and I, I, um, I almost wish that people could see us when I, I say this, but try to lean into the idea. You are you have all of these ideas and dreams and desires that you have and then you have thoughts and beliefs and feelings about them. And if they're not matching up, meaning they're totally different like I want to have wealth. I want my family to have a certain lifestyle. I want to pay for college in cash. I want to have a retirement fund. I want my grandchildren to have blessings because of me, but you're walking around feeling, but it's not meant for me. Clients don't sign up for me. I am not worthy. I It'll never change. I'm not from that kind of family. They're not aligned. They're completely mismatched, right? Mm-hmm. So the job to become aligned and to start to manifest is to notice how you're thinking, how you're speaking, what your thoughts are, because a lot of that is subconscious. Again, coding the flea in the jar with the lid on it. It's things that you believe because you inherited it, not because it's true. That's what I really need you to know. Is that God's truth? Is that universe's truth? Likely, no. 
If it doesn't feel good, it's not from God. So if it doesn't feel good, it's not from God. It's not your truth. So you can actually change it. But the first step is to notice it. What are you thinking? What are you telling yourself? What are your beliefs? How are you judging other people with money? That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, you can start to decide to change your mind about it, which brings you into alignment with what you want. So maybe I am worthy. Maybe I maybe I just need one example of somebody that came from the area that I came from that are doing really well. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not about my education or what I earned. Maybe it's all about the fact that I am God's child and I deserve whatever he put in my heart. And that starts to change your conversation around money. And I will say the last thing here um, is important is we talked a lot about money being a relationship. I, if you really want to look at why money isn't in your bank account, I want you to pretend it's a person and insert how you would feel if you were like, ugh, there's never enough money. Mm-hmm. Money is always causing problems. Um, I don't want to look and see what mm-hmm. is available. I don't even want to look at it. I don't want to f- acknowledge it. If that yeah. was a person, would they be showing up freely and wanting to hang out with you? And most of the <laughs> answer is no. If you're avoiding me, if you're ignoring me, if yeah. you trust me, if you think I'm icky, if you judge me, I'm not going to want to hang out with you. Money is the same way. You have an energetic relationship with it. So in order to change your frequency, it's first noticing where you are right now. What is your relationship with money? What is your frequency around money, your beliefs, your feelings, your thoughts, and decide to make a change. And that can just be saying new things to yourself. Um, Or if the beliefs are super deep, because you inherited some really, really negative things around money and having money, avoid the topic altogether right now and just start to focus on the things that do make you feel good. Change your frequency with other things. Be astonished watching your kids play. Look out the window. We're on the East Coast. The winter wonderland. Yeah. That and just see the miracle of it, right? Find other ways to feel really good and change your energy and your frequency. And it will trickle effect into other areas until you're ready and you're softened up enough to focus on the thing that you're you're deeming hard. Yeah. Yeah, I I like I like that very much. It's like when you talk about the frequency, it's like, you know, you might think about it like a radio and, you know, we're operating at like 75.5, right? Like that's where we are at the lower and where you want to be is like 104.1. And so do things that will take you up to 90.1. on that frequency, exactly what you're saying, the things that come easier that you don't have resistance, slowly start building it up in other ways. And that's why a lot of people who are spiritual coaches talk about that um, appreciation, the gratitude, because anything you start seeing the miracles in other areas of your life is starting to take you up from whatever your baseline point is. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you so much for the work that you do. Because I think that, like you said, this is the time, a remarkable time that we've been given to truly actually do the work to break this decoding and this uncoding of these patterns. Whereas 
we are our answers greatest dreams and wishes because they never even had the opportunity to even look at breaking these patterns. So we really are in a very special place at the time that we're born right now, living, being parents and having this opportunity to really look at how to uncode this. And so I'd love for you to share um, where moms can find you if they really want to dive deep into this work. So I have a Facebook group on, um, well, Facebook, obviously, that is my favorite place on the internet. It's called Self Worth Society. It's a free Facebook group, and I'm on there daily giving inspiration. I do free workshops on there. And in that group and in that space where you're supported by not just me, but amazing rock star women, um, that's where I will announce when I'm doing a new course or if I'm offering something that month. And so if you want to take it on a deeper level, you can always find out there. Um, I have a lot of one-on-one work, masterminds, and group programs that I do with women that are interested in completely breaking the glass ceiling around money, um, creating generational wealth for their families, feeling safe to be who they are and allowing it in. And one that I'm really proud of is called Money Self-Love. Um, it's my it's my love love letter to money. It's how I changed my life with money. And it has completely had the most unbelievable results. I have women that pay off their homes and come out of debt and just completely change their relationship with money, but more importantly, themselves, because that self-worth equals net worth thing is real. So it's the connection that they find with themselves and fall in love deeply with who they are and who they were here to be is what I'm most proud of. And I'm um, having a course come out that I've never released before that's called Emotional um, Money Mastery. And it's all about what you and I discussed today, the emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and the emotional healing that must take place before you will allow yourself, especially if you've been coded, um, to step into that personal power of calling in abundance. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in that, Self-Worth Society is probably the place to um, stay up to date. I also have a website. Uh, page visionarymentoringgroup.com where you can see, um, you know, all of the ways to work with me as well. Thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing your wisdom. And just, I I mean, I know that so many listeners are going to take so much away and just have a new eye-opening relationship with money. So thank you so much for this. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll put all the notes of where to connect with Michelle in the show notes, but thank you so much. And until next week, bye guys.